Hi there, everyone. This is Brayden and Tally with the voice of my beloved podcast. And here we go. We're on to a new subject. Uh, we finished the Love and Purity talk last week. <clears throat> so hence the new music here, which you can hear it's in Hebrew. And so uh, this is actually what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about Hebrew, just how fun it is, and why you should learn it. Yes, That's everybody should know about. Hebrew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A few, I mean, most of you actually already know a little bit. You know the words hallelujah, mm-hmm. which is a Hebrew word. Uh-huh. Amen. Uh, yeah. You know some Hebrew words already, actually. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're encouraging the expansion of your vocabulary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, so we want to talk about Hebrew and give a little bit of our story of how we have learned it, how we are still learning it, and how um, and how you can learn it. We are we're going to be having a Hebrew course here. A six-week course. It will you have an option of doing two weeks or six weeks, and that's going to start after um, after Family Week Passover this year. Uh, it starts on April nineteenth through May twenty eighth, uh, and so yeah. So we've done that. This man, how long have we done Hebrew? Several classes? years, six years, seven years. Yeah, and it's always been in the winter. So this is the first time that we're switching it up and we're doing it in the spring. Uh, so it'll have a different feel. We won't all have to be bundling up and mm. <laughs> uh, finding warm places. Uh, so, yeah, but we'll, we'll probably be outside in the afternoons and do some outside things. Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so we have some of the same teachers coming in and going to learn Hebrew, and it's always lots of fun. Um, we... You want to just tell kind of how you teach Hebrew? Brayden's a teacher. I've, I'm like the emergency teacher. Like if students start crying in the room in the beginning classes, then I come in and help. But we haven't had that well, for a couple of years. Well, it's been a problem <laughs> over the years that I've actually got too excited during lessons and gotten too loud. And so then I, when I wear, wear my voice out, then Tally has to step in and replace <laughs> me. So. He's also a, he's so excited about Hebrew that sometimes he can overwhelm people the first like two or three days <laughs> <Yeah>. of class. <laughs> And so usually I'm just like, Brayden, are you being gentle with that? <laughs> so if I start hearing of people being really overwhelmed and I'm like, Brayden, can I go talk to them for a little bit? <laughs> the biggest thing for me is to have fun while we're learning. So I, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy doing skits and singing and all sorts of things just to make it fun. It's, oh, yeah. So we have lots and of it fun. Is. It's so much fun. And to be honest, I, haven't, I don't think I've taught in like two years. So I think you've yeah. really got it down, teaching yeah. the beginners. It's taken some time to kind of figure out how to make everybody excited, but also feel comfortable yeah, and not so, scare them yeah so. Right. <laughs> so yeah so we'll jump into our story a little bit here right Tully? yeah so uh early on i was about 1920 i really started getting a passion for learning hebrew i was really spending some quality time in the book of zephaniah at a certain point in my later teen years and i just really i think god was speaking to me on that verse in zephaniah it says i will restore to the people a pure language and so god really just dropped that in my heart to learn hebrew so at a certain point, though, I maybe took it a little too far because I said, <laughs> family, you know, the, way, the best way to learn Hebrew is to actually be immersed in it. So if I just stop speaking English, then all of you will learn Hebrew automatically. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, this is my idea. This is my plan. So I actually wrote a 
paper and put it on my chest that said Rocky Vreet, which means only Hebrew. And I was resigned to just speak Hebrew all the time. And, and the family. <laughs> and only, re- and only uh, respond to Hebrew. Or no, you weren't making them speak. No, Hebrew. I was just going to speak Hebrew myself. You were just speaking. Yeah. Okay. That only lasted a day, I think. <laughs> <laughs> my brother started getting aggravated like, Braden, you've got to answer our questions in English. You know, yeah. so they, it just really was a problem. But Brady, I was inspired by Eliezer Ben Yehuda, who yeah. was the person that brought back the Hebrew language to life. And he was very radical. He only spoke Hebrew to his child. He was His child was the first Hebrew-only speaking child in he centuries. And his wife. He and his wife. Yeah, they were like, that was a miracle. They wanted to be the first <laughs> Hebrew parents in like 2,000 years. And so, yeah, so they only spoke Hebrew to him. And not only that, but they did not allow him to hear any other language. Yeah. Until, I mean, uh, until he was older. Yeah. Right? Talk about having strain on your marriage. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I was out working with this country guy. It was the first year of our marriage. And Tally and I were really just passionately learning Hebrew the first year. And I was talking to Tally on the phone in Hebrew because I wanted her to learn it. And uh, this country friend of mine, I was working on his farm. He said, I have a hard enough time talking to my wife in English. You're talking <laughs> Hebrew. <laughs> so, but we, we had fun with it. Oh, yeah. And uh, actually, I was very kind of taking it slow with Tally because I kind of burned my family out when we first got married. I was like, Tally, are you all right with me? You know, really going hard after this? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to learn it. So yes. <laughs> and a lot of my brothers and sisters, that they learned a lot and a lot of them were appreciative. But I just I kind of just had it on too much full throttle there for a season. He's radical in pretty much every area <laughs> no, of his life. <laughs> uh, but so anyway, uh, we at, toward the end of our first year, actually, so we had learned quite a bit. Uh, we spent once we found out Yael was coming, we were really excited Which, about that. So uh, <laughs> so that she's she's coming along and we thought we're going to spend an hour every day learning Hebrew. So okay. we had a whole chart out. We we're going to learn it every day. And uh, with. Pretty much that first year, we were spending a lot of quality time learning mm-hmm. Hebrew. So, but towards the end of that year, God really started putting on our hearts that we needed to go to Israel to learn. And so, amazing how He worked it out. Uh, somebody ended up getting a journey home, which is the story of my family, through this crazy series of events. And this person in Jerusalem that has a apartment ended up having an opening. And so we ended up being able to use this apartment while we were learning Hebrew in Jerusalem. So yeah, it's just amazing. It's a huge godsend. Yeah. Yeah. We would not have had the money at all to rent an apartment and then learn Hebrew on top of it. Mm-hmm. But God just totally had everything laid out and we were able to be in Jerusalem, learn Hebrew and not going into a crazy amount of debt. So yeah. that was a big blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, uh, it was, it was an awesome experience and I'm so glad that we had that year plus uh, before that we were able to study and get a lot of vocabulary in us before doing the classes, which I actually didn't go to the class, but Brayden went and faithfully came home and would teach me all of the things that he was learning in class. Um, And so it was, it was, it was really fun and it was really productive because he went in and he was able to go to the most advanced class in, in the school that was there. They, um, they taught in a very, um, what's it like engaging way, engaging way. Yeah. I mean, it, this wasn't book work. They did do some of that, but this is mainly 
uh, immersion into the language, speaking it, practicing it, the practicalities of what it sounds like, why different words sound the way they do, and how the the, the language is kind of, of built. And so it was huge. So Brain was only went for about three months the, to this class, but because he had so much vocabulary already under his belt, he was able to go very quickly. And by the end of the three months, he pretty much had the whole um, structure. structure. It really helped to understand the structure. Yeah, the structure of the language down so that, you know, after that class, he was able to move on and, and pretty much teach himself with ease, uh, with, you know, not too much difficulty. Yeah, so our classes here are very much modeled after that class that I went to in Jerusalem, which is just very engaging, teaching people to have confidence to speak it. And that's, to me, that's the most fun of any language is to actually be able to speak the language with another person. You know, I love the fact that the Bible's written in Hebrew. That's a huge thing as well. And so just learning Hebrew for that reason alone would be enough, but also it's a living language to be actually to speak it, to be able to sing the Psalms in it. You know, it's something that's alive. And so I really uh, appreciate that as well. Yeah. So do you want to talk about a couple of your different methods that you use in class? Well, we do a lot of just engaging with, you know, bringing up conversation things, you know, just talking about a certain topic and, you know, bringing that word into it and having like, try to make it as real life as possible. So Mm -hmm. like we'll, we'll split up into teams and talk, you know, maybe even have a debate in Hebrew and, you know, Mm -hmm. or imagine we're all on the farm and talk about the animals and, you know, so just trying to kind of visualize, just kind of transporting yourself to this real life circumstance and try to get, you know, try to get as much as possible outside of the classroom in our mm-hmm. minds and think about how we'd actually use this in real life. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I might be a little biased, but I think Braden is probably one of the most fun language teachers you could ever have. He's, he's singing to you the whole time. It's, it's almost like going to a theatrical, uh, event. <laughs> <laughs> he's got songs that he writes. He's got stories that go with the words. You want to give them that little tip? That you oh, it's really good. If you're learning any language, most words in any language can actually be built using words that you already know in your language. So for example, uh, the Hebrew word speaking is metaber. So you say, I was walking through the woods and I met a bear that could speak. And so you just put little stories to words mm-hmm. in order to kind of solidify that in your mind. It's basically a crutch that you can use as you're learning the word, eventually that crutch goes away and you're able just to use the word without, you know, but it's a huge memory aid to actually have a story that goes with the word. And so right. that's, yeah, we have a lot of fun building stories with, uh, with words. Yeah. I was just trying to think of a couple of them. I really liked your one for Maher. Oh, right. Yeah. What's that story? Maher. So uh, Maher is fast. And so I said that this woman was running down the road and her hair was just flying by. She was running fast down the road and her hair is flying. She goes, my hair, my hair, my hair. <laughs> She's worried about her hair getting all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had, um, I actually, this is one of our, our cute men- memories that I have. I had posted, I, I started learning Hebrew before, um, <laughs> before we got married much at a much slower pace than Brayden. <laughs> but I, uh, I had learned how to read it and um, was learning a lot of the words and stuff. And I had posted all around my house um, just little little pieces of paper with the names of things like stairs, hallway, chair, all those kinds of things. And so Braden's family had come up and stayed with us for about a week and they decided to make a game out of it. And they um, they did 
this game to see who could learn the most words in the week that they were there. And then they had a test at the end or whatever. And so I, I remember them going through the, the words and one of them was Mazgan, which was, is the word for air conditioning. And I remember Brayden telling this story about being so hot that Ma came in with a gun and <laughs> Ma's gun would shoot at them cold air, the air conditioning. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's just like one of those, uh, <laughs> memories that I have of the interesting way that Braden taught Hebrew. <laughs> I don't even remember that, but it stuck. It sounds good. <laughs> it stuck, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So it's it's um yeah, it's fun. Uh the the way that they, they teach and, and there's different teachers too. Braden isn't the only teacher. You get a break from me every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh Joseph Williams who is amazing and he is very scholarly and very I go to him with all my grammatical questions. <laughs> <laughs> he's correcting us a lot <laughs> with all those little details of the language. Yeah. I, I know I, I don't want to give you any you know, lack of confidence in my Hebrew, but <laughs> Joseph, I, I do want to make sure sometimes like Joseph, is this the right way? And he, he helps me out with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's great. And then who else, who else is teaching this year? So we have Naomi, which is Joseph's sister. Joseph's sister. Yeah. So yeah, he's raising up a disciple and his sister. Oh, <laughs> you she's, yeah, she's <laughs> great too. Yeah. She's an amazing teacher. And then Jed's going to be teaching. Yeah. Jed, my friend, uh, Jed here, he's going to be helping us out as well. Yeah. He's going to be, this is kind of his first year. He taught before. His, okay. This will be a okay. second year. Yeah. So he's going to be teaching more of the, the beginner classes yeah. and yeah. stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to give some, I, I just think it's, it's fun kind of talking about learning the language for me. I just wanted to give kind of my story. I, um, I, when I was in high school, I took a foreign language. It was Spanish and it was the only class in my whole high school history that I close to failed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was, I did very badly in the class and I just thought, I'm not very good at languages. This is not my forte. Uh, but I continued learning. It was it was kind of fun or whatever. But I, you know, I didn't think it was necessarily a natural gifting that I had or anything. And so when I started learning Hebrew, uh, it was fun. And I just want to tell you, you know, that, that the alphabet, I think, is the thing for Americans that really throws everyone off because it's like you got to learn a whole new alphabet, which sounds very daunting to people. And so, um, so I just wanted to encourage you that it's not as crazy as it sounds that, uh, to learn the letters and the sounds, it can actually happen in a couple of days. If you just set yourself to it and just get yourself practice. some flashcards, flashcards, or even like, I love pulling out the, the Hebrew Bible and just, uh, going letter by letter and, and looking it up each letter, what is that? And then look it up. And then eventually, you know, you get through a chapter of the Bible, you've already got a lot of them down because, you know, looking them up that many times and stuff. Uh, so yeah. Hebrew is a much more mathematical and sense. It makes oh sense goodness. language than English. Uh, so there's not near as many rule breakers as you phonetic, have in English. Right. It's more phonetic. Like, yeah, like a letter, that, that's the sound it makes. There's very few exceptions to, you know, with the reading, it's 100 times easier than, than the English uh, language. And so if you go on our website, it's loveandpurity.com, and go to the Hebrew class website, we actually have two sheets there that you can download to learn the, the alphabet, the sounds, so that you can start learning that. If you're interested in coming to class, because uh, at the class that we have here, it's actually a uh, requirement for you to have 
some sort of a a basic understanding of those letters. It really would be good. Ideally, you're going to go a lot faster and learn a lot more if you already have those learned down pat and we can just get on with the language stuff instead of just learning the symbols and stuff. So anyways, that's on the website that you can go down and, and start looking at that stuff. So. Yeah. A few more stories just from my Hebrew learning adventures. <laughs> Once uh, I, I was in Jerusalem and if you've been in Jerusalem and you notice that there's these beggars in the street and I thought, you know what, these beggars actually have something that I don't they actually, they know the Hebrew language. And so I thought I could just, I should just start giving them some jobs. So <laughs> I thought I would go up to him and uh, start learning Hebrew from him. I just started asking questions. A lot of them couldn't speak English. So I would just, uh, I'd go up to him and say, I just, I start acting stuff out. Like I would just start sneezing. So how do you say this? And, or I would just, you know, act out something and have them tell me what the word was. And uh, so I've, I have fun doing that. Basically, you're learning a language and you've got people that speak the language all around you. You just make use of your opportunities. And uh, children also, you know, like three and four-year-olds, they, they knew a lot more than I did. And so I was like, I'm going to make use of this. So when I was with children, I'd be always asking them, Echomrim Zay, you know, how do you say this? And uh, I remember one time, this little boy named Elad in, in uh, Har Bracha, the Mount of Blessing, and uh, I asked him, I had a screwdriver in my hand, and I gotten the words mixed up, Echomrim and Shmi, and I said, Shmi screwdriver, Shmi is actually the word that means my name. So I actually told this little boy, this little four-year-old boy, my name is screwdriver. And he just started <laughs> busting up laughing. I, I was trying to ask him, how do you say screwdriver? And he started busting up laughing. And uh, so it just different experiences like that. It's just it's been fun. You know, you just kind of, you have to become a child again in a way, you know, just kind of humble yourself to realize, okay, I don't, this four-year-old knows a lot more than I do when it comes to this subject. So I'm just going to learn from him. So it was, it's kind of, it's kind of fun just to kind of get back at that level again. We're like, you're just learning yeah, yeah. a brand new subject. That's like probably one of the biggest tricks of learning another language is that you pretty much have to let go of all of your pride because you do, you just sound like a two-year-old learning a language because that's what's going on. Right. <laughs> you're learning a language like a two-year-old. And so uh, you sound very uneducated and very stupid and stuff. And so it's it's one of those things. That's the biggest thing. I think it's one of the biggest challenges to learning a language is actually working up the confidence to, you know, or being willing to, to sound stupid at times. Right. And Israel is just the best place for it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Israelis nothing. are very upfront. They'll just tell you just the way it is. <laughs> but they also will be sure to make you feel stupid, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which yeah. is so good for you. <laughs> I had not not everybody. I've had some great people coach me. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. They're, no, they're very helpful, but, but it's just, it's just funny to me because it's funny because there's been times where I've said something in Hebrew and I'll say it to one Israel and they'll say no 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 that's not the way you say it and they'll tell me the way you say it and then I'll go to I'll be in another situation I'll say the same thing and they'll be like no 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 that's not the way you say <laughs> it and, and so uh, it's it's fun well the the other fun thing about Israel too is that there's always people learning the language because there's always new immigrants there's people coming from all over the world and they're all learning this language so there's always um those beginner hebrew speakers which is which is nice you know that they're used to grammatical problems and they're used to figuring out you know what people are trying to say and stuff right but i thought i'd give one of my stories we were um we had this one year where uh, Brayden, we were, it was during the pruning. It was the one year that we were there. 
our family was there during the pruning and I had Yael and Couture was a baby at that point and we were working in Dolev and the place where we were staying was this apartment that was right next to a daycare, a gone. And so me and my two girls, while Brayden was out pruning during the day, the teacher invited me to come and be a part of the gone for the, the day or whatever. And so I would go over with all the children and it was, it was really fun just listening to their conversation and stuff. And I, there was this, this one little boy there that he was just a, a real character. I was just watching him all day and he was just, he was really funny. And so one of the, I don't know if it was my child or something had a, a bib on and so I was asking him, I said, Maze, and I was pointing to the bib. And he said, Sinal. And I said, Sinal. And you might not hear the difference between these words, but, but apparently there's a very big difference. I said, Sinal. And he goes, no, not Sinal, Sinal. And I said, Sinag? No, no, no. At the best sinal. And so I was like, he's, he's calling me stupid at this point. Or silly is a more or mild silly, word yeah. to translate that one. <laughs> and then I was, I, I think I messed up about three times and he finally said, at me vous bellet me ode. The sinar, and I finally figured it out. Sinar with a rash at the end, and uh, which he was saying, you are just so confused. <laughs> but uh, it was a really, it was a really funny little story. I got a kick out of the boy, but yeah, I felt pretty stupid. At the end. <laughs> at the end. <laughs> I was like, what is the difference between all these sounds that he's making? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> In the remaining time we have here, I'd love to highlight some of the biblical significance of the Hebrew language. Uh, one that I'd like to start out with here, just a simple fact uh, we see here in Acts 26, 14, Yeshua, Jesus, spoke Hebrew. And we can see this, we know that historically, that this was the language of the people of Israel in the time of Yeshua, but it's actually spelled right out here in Acts 26, 14. This is Paul, he's talking to a King Agrippa. He says, and when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So Paul is just retelling the story of what happened to him on the road to Damascus. And he's telling this detail that Yeshua actually spoke to him in the Hebrew language. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm-hmm. And so he, he thinks this is an important detail to, to say, you know, Yeshua, he knows lots of languages. Mm-hmm. But Paul wants to specify that he spoke to him in the Hebrew language. Mm-hmm. And this is something that really draws me to actually know the language of my rabbi, of my savior. This is so uh, amazing, the, the thought to know the language that he spoke in, to know the language that he interacted in. Yeah. And of course, he speaks in all languages. He understands our prayers in all languages. But mm-hmm. I think Hebrew has a special place yeah. in the heart of heaven. Mm-hmm. Hebrew has a special place. You look at the names of the angels. The angels' names are Hebrew names. Uh, Gabriel is a Hebrew name. Michael is a Hebrew name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Michael is the Hebrew name Mikael, which means who is like God. And Gabriel is in Hebrew Gavriel, which means mighty one of God, mighty, uh, powerful one of God. And so you look at, you know, these heavenly beings, we see Yeshua himself. He comes forth. The angel says, you will call his name Yeshua. Yeshua is a Hebrew name. You know, it's like there's something mysterious, but Hebrew has a very, 
prominent place even in heaven. Mm -hmm. You look at the worship that's going on in heaven. Hallelujah is a Hebrew word. And just to break down that for a moment, hallel is praise. And so it's, it can be used as a noun praise, but it also is used as a verb. Le hallel is to praise. So when you say hallelujah, you're actually telling a group to praise. And when you say hallelujah, you're, you're selling, telling a group to praise Yah, right? <laughs> and so when you say hallelujah, you're calling on a plural group to praise Yah. If you're, if you're to say hallelujah, that would just be to a sing, singular, mm-hmm. but hallelujah is plural. So just mm-hmm. throw that in there as a little side note, yeah. but uh, that's a word in heaven. You know, hallelujah is a word they're saying in heaven. Amen is a Hebrew word. You see that in the book of revelation, they're saying amen, you know? And so there's just so much Hebrew that's even, you know, we see it's mm-hmm. just all interwoven through the Bible. Yeah. The, um, it's, it's such a key part of our faith, I believe, when we look at the Hebrew language. And I think that, you know, Yeshua, the, why was this so important that Yeshua um, was speaking in Hebrew to Saul? It was because he was showing him, I am Jewish. I am the Jewish Messiah. I know your scriptures. I know the Hebrew language. I'm sure at that time that Paul, Yeshua, all of these people, I'm sure they spoke many different languages because it was a, a time where there was many different um, cultures that were... Yeah, even today, you know, you go to the Middle East and there's people that... It's not uncommon for people to know three or four languages. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was it was such a um, an identifying thing when Yeshua spoke in Hebrew. And uh, even for the Jewish people, I would... I, I really encourage you, even if you're not interested in learning the Hebrew language, I feel like this is such a, a key place. And, and I believe it's why us as Christians, us as American English speaking Christians, why we get so disconnected from things in the word is because we don't understand the root that it, this is coming from a Hebrew place. This is coming from a Jewish culture. This is coming from a Hebrew mindset. And so we lose so much of the richness. And so, um, you know, the Jewish people, they have preserved uh, the Hebrew language over the years, even though it wasn't spoken for 2,000 years. They read the Bible only in Hebrew. It was never translated. All the places they were scattered amongst in the world, it was not translated. It was always read in Hebrew. It wasn't well, they were forced to translate it, I think, but you know, as, as far as their personal uh, reading of it, they right, would always for read them, it for the yeah. Jewish people. Yeah. And so, yeah. So anyways, the, the, what I want to encourage you to do is get a book called the tongue of the prophets. And it is the story of Eleazar Ben Yehuda. And he, it goes through his story, how, uh, this man took, uh, a language, this language of the Hebrew, the Hebrew language, he revived it, made it speakable again. And, in doing so, he unified the Jewish people in a time when there was such a necessity for the Jewish people to come together and get united because this was the time when the immigrants started coming back. It was um, the late 1800s, early 1900s that the Jewish people started returning to the land and they started coming, escaping from uh, from all kinds of anti-Semitism in all the different countries coming from all over the place. I mean, 
all over the place, from different places in the Middle East, from Russia, from, you know, uh, you name it, they were coming from those places. And so Eliezer said, we need a language to unite the people. And that language can only be the Hebrew language. And he was just so adamant about it. And so, uh, so anyways, uh, the book, uh, the Tongue of the Prophets, I'd encourage you all to go get it and read it and you'll be inspired uh, to, and it, it will be just such an, an amazing thing just to see uh, the history and, and the miracle of the Hebrew language and how it's come to be what it is today. Yeah, and when just to realize that it was a prophesied thing too. We see in Zephaniah, the yeah. verse I mentioned before, Zephaniah 3.9, it says, For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language that they all may call in the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. So even in this verse, we see that it's important to have a common language to be able to, with one accord, serve mm-hmm. God, right. to, to love God with one language. And so... That's something that we're we're hopeful for, and you you can even look back and see in the Tower of Babel how that if you don't have a common language, then everybody disperses, right? You know, yeah. God just sends a different language, and all, automatically, okay, I can't talk to this bricklayer. I've got to go right. somewhere else. So, right. so, but when you have a common language, then everyone can work together. Everyone can yeah. build. If you have so. a common language and you're working towards a good cause, <laughs> bringing. Uh, God's kingdom onto the earth, then uh, you're able to accomplish so much more. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, it's yeah. it's very a very powerful thing. Which do you want to tell them the significance? Yeah. So that this verse is very interesting. There's only one verse in the entire Hebrew Bible that has every single Hebrew letter in it. There's 22 Hebrew letters, and it's the verse right before Zephaniah three nine. Zephaniah three eight. You can look at it yourself once you learn the letters, and <laughs> but there's 22 all 22 letters including there's five letters that you write differently if they're at the end of a word. So you have five of the 22 that you write differently, and even those five are in this verse. Mm -hmm. And so it's unprecedented. Nowhere else in the whole Tanakh, in the whole Bible, can you find every single Hebrew letter in one verse, but this one. So it's like it's ramping up to this verse. I'll then restore to them a pure language. And it's like Mm -hmm. it's indicating that this language is Hebrew. God's restoring the Hebrew language. And so I believe we can be a part of that. And so we'd love to see you here. If you want to come learn Hebrew with us, we'd love to have you here. We're going to have fun. Yeah.